Welcome to the Industrial Entrepreneur Podcast, where we talk about how to grow an industrial business, make more money, and the many failures and lessons learned along the way. I'm your host, Luke Binden, and I co-own a small manufacturing business. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. You get an idea, you start a business, you fail and learn, business grows, you sell or retire, and then eventually you move into mentorship and then you die. These are (laughs) the natural steps, progressions of a entrepreneur and especially the entrepreneurs that I have seen in my life and that I've kind of observed in society, especially in uh, American society. And so today I want to talk about the progression that most entrepreneurs take and the one that I would like to take. So from my own experiences, my journey through entrepreneurship has taken me as far as the idea, the start the business, I would say fail and learn and business grows somewhere in that range in that last two. Um, experience a lot of excitement, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, um, a lot of boredom, sometimes loneliness, and a lot of shiny object syndrome. I think is how I would put that. And the more and more I look around, the less and less I want to follow this traditional trajectory of entrepreneurs, especially the ones that like I've been around men, especially, and like watched some of my friends growing up and their, their dads and moms as entrepreneurs here, here's like the typical scenario. And you might vibe with this. You might have, a uh, family member or a friend that's like this. Here's what I've seen. Most small business owners work in their business for many years, burn out, try to sell it, and then end up either closing the doors down or just retire. And of course you have the, what I would call outliers that might've sold their businesses for a lump sum at the very end or had the intuition to save for retirement and cash flow for retirement so that they could actually retire and get away from their business in the end. But here's some interesting statistics about business ownership. So about 20% of businesses actually get to a point where they are able to sell or their business has what I would say is market value. And then much less percentage of that actually end up selling. And if you're looking at businesses that our family businesses, quote unquote, less than 30% of family owned businesses survive the second generation of ownership. So the stats really aren't in your favor, even if you do have a successful business at some point to you actually being able to sell it one day and also pass it on to your kids successfully too, which I know most people are just not very smart and, you know, most marriages and divorce, all that kind of stuff. But like the stats are the stats and business ownership is hard. And from what I've seen in my life and what I've researched and read books about the best entrepreneurs systematically find a way to remove themselves from their business at some point, at some level, once it's successful. And I think there's a a caveat for this is, if you know the entrepreneur is like very passionate about their particular business product or service, then there's kind of a caveat in there for that. But 
from what I've seen, the best entrepreneurs find a way to build a team to run their business and slowly but surely remove themselves from the business itself. And of course, this really just takes time and it's a lot easier said than done. Um, depending on what business you have, it might be very hard for someone to come in and, and run your business like you were able to at the skill level that you have. But I think for the majority of people, once they actually have a profitable business, this idea that someone else can't come in and do a better job or won't be as motivated as you to do it, it really reflects back on you as someone who might just be overconfident or have a lack of um, confidence in their own ability to train someone else to uh, take over their job one day. I know I, I kind of fall into that bucket of like, oh, I don't think I'll ever be able to let anyone take you know, over my baby. But slowly as I've progressed, um, I've started to realize like, you know what, I might not want to do this particular career path or field my entire life and kind of start to remove myself. And I got to figure out how to manage people, how to motivate people, financially motivate people. Like that's just part of the natural progression for successful entrepreneurs. So here's where I think I want to go in my, I guess you could call it a career as an entrepreneur, hopefully, um, is basically making my business a product and then having other businesses as a product and basically having a, I guess you could call it a holding company that owns multiple businesses and, um, is basically like a SPV or a special purpose vehicle. And the, the business itself holds multiple different companies and those companies produce cash flow, And then the cash gets into the, to the holding company and then eventually to me. Um, I love this idea of like being able to own parts of businesses or whole businesses and have them produce cash flow and not necessarily having to be within the weeds every single day. That is very, very attractive to me. I think uh, I've started to get not like bored, but not as challenged as I'd like to be um, day to day with like being in the weeds of the business. And so I think that's like my natural progression of where I want to get to is kind of be like high level making, you know, strategic long-term decisions is something that, um, interests me a lot. And recently I found this guy named Michael Arietta and he started a venture capital firm. It's a private venture capital firm. And basically they go around and invest in small to medium sized service-based businesses in, I want to say like North Florida, actually check that, um, Atlanta <laughs> and surrounding areas. And basically his whole thesis behind starting this private venture capital firm was that he worked in big tech. I think he was like a big wig at Dell and then a couple other tech startups and he always found that like he liked the atmosphere of the small businesses that are like grinding and, and working for each other, the small teams that are uh, really the backbone of America. And he basically became like a born again Christian. 
and decided like, you know what? I want to take my skills, my knowledge of sales and investments and tech, start this venture capital firm and basically buy and hold small to medium sized businesses for my investors and let those businesses cash flow and grow over time with the uh, time and energy that they put into like uh, better bettering the marketing and the sales and all the systems involved with the businesses themselves. And he's got some really, really um, big wig investors like Drew Brees, Tim Tebow, I think uh, one of the big wigs at Dell, like all these really uh, high up names. And the name of the firm again is Garden City Capital. Really, really, really cool business that I'm like, man, this is kind of like my dream for what I want to do one day. And it's cool because he'll go in, they'll buy a company, and right off the bat, they will give percentage ownership to the employees in the business. Like without them asking, just right away, give a certain amount of ownership to the company or to the employees of the business, which already is really cool. And they'll set up um, the access for the employees to have access to like a company chaplain and marriage counseling and like all this different stuff. that's like very biblically based, which I think is really cool and, um, unique in itself that like, there's not a lot of biblically based companies or like strong Christian led companies anymore. And for a while there, I, kind of thought that most companies should kind of avoid this. But as of like the past six months to a year, I really started to realize that the companies that really embrace having like biblical foundational core values really stand out in the marketplace. And a lot of times it becomes their selling point for their business, for getting investors and people just trust you more. Like it, it's, it sounds dumb, but like, it makes so much sense. I mean, you look at like Chick-fil-A, the garden city capital guys that I'm talking about. It just makes sense. Like people want to do business with people that are good people and have similar values and spiritual values, I guess you could say too. So something that I think I would love to do for like central Texas is like buy and sell small to medium sized businesses one day and help them improve and kind of like become the, the, I guess you could say Berkshire Hathaway of like central Texas to an extent where it's like you have these businesses that support one another and you're really just kind of sitting at the top, helping everyone manage everything and like being able to take care of the individuals in the company, have the biblical values, all of that. I think is just really, really intriguing to me. And there's a guy that I've recently been following and listened to his podcast. The podcast is um, the Business Lunch Hour, or let me look it up real quick. Okay, Business Lunch with Roland Frazier. The guy's name is Roland Frazier, and his business partner uh, named Ryan Dice. They just kind of talk about business stuff, how to improve your company, but really his whole shtick is like how to buy a business with no money down, and he has this challenge. He calls it the Epic Challenge, Epic Investing Challenge. And it's, it's an acronym for Ethical Profits in Times of Crisis. And basically he's saying that like, 
there is a lot of baby boomers out there that have these businesses that are literally about to like shut their doors, retire and not sell their business, not do anything with it, not be able to pass it on to their kids who are TikTok stars and don't want to run an unsexy business. And he's saying that there's a lot of opportunity out there because the market to buy a business is a very inefficient market. There's not a lot of um, ways to go about buying a business. You can go on bizbuysell.com, flippa.com. Some of these like kind of fringe websites that most business owners don't really have any knowledge of. So it's a very inefficient market and there's a lot of opportunities to be made. And I think he's come up with like a hundred different ways for someone to go in and buy a business with no money down. One of my favorites is just seller financing. Like you have the seller finance the deal and you, then you use the profits of the profitable company to pay the seller over time. So you don't have to get, you, I guess in theory, you wouldn't have to get a traditional bank involved or lenders or, you know, private finance, whatever. You just have the seller finance the money back to the business and the business pays through the profits, pays off the um, debt owed to the previous owner over time. And you basically end up just buying a business using the profits of the future of the business. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do it that he's come up with that I think is really, really cool and a, a good way to like think, out, think outside the box and realize that it's not this massive a risky play that I think most people make it out to seem. And I think you'll see the same thing in real estate too. Um, but yeah, I think it's just really cool that there's people out there like this that specialize in um, buying and selling businesses. You know what? There's not a lot of you that listen to this podcast. So if this is something that you're interested in and you'd like to be a part of some deals later on in our careers together, hopefully, um, shoot me a text, 979-393-8950. Hit me up on LinkedIn. Like, let's just stay in touch. Why not? All right, you know, we got to end it with a Teddy Roosevelt quote. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly." so that his place shall never be with the cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Real quick, guys, if you like this type of content, feel free to leave me a review down below. Uh, it really helps reach more people and hopefully spread a message worth spreading. I started this podcast because I wanted to help other entrepreneurs grow their businesses and also find other like-minded people that want to collaborate later on in our careers. So you can find me at LinkedIn at Luke Benden. Thanks for watching. Catch you on the next one. Bye.